Great. Okay. Um, if you're a visitor, my name's Mick. Um, I'm the lead elder here at Weymouth Family Church, and uh, you're very welcome. It's good to have visitors with us. Um, great to see Jane and Andy. Welcome. Uh, Jane and Andy are on sabbatical, so uh, they thought, well, you know, as they've got a morning off, take no responsibility somewhere, just go somewhere and enjoy it. Great to have you with us, guys. Um, right, for those of you at West Point last year, you remember that maybe Guy Miller preached on the Sermon on the Mount. Not, he wasn't on the Mount, he, he just preached about the Sermon on the Mount, you know, just to clarify that. And, um, and he gave out a booklet called The Blessed Life of the Kingdom of God. Um, and he said that blessed could be better described as flourishing. You know, and, and Guy went on to say that he'd rarely heard many sermons preached on that series, on the Sermon on the Mount. And he really challenged the commission churches to take hold of this passage and use it as a preaching series. So that's basically uh, what we're doing. We're taking up that challenge, and hence this is our series on the flourishing life, the blessed life, the flourishing life. Um, and we're going to be going through... Um, this passage um, over the next few weeks, right the way through to the end of March, um, uh, here on a Sunday morning and in our midweek connect groups, and looking and seeing what the Lord is saying to us through this passage of Scripture. Interestingly, I've already had contact with uh, Sam, the church's correspondent from the Dorset Echo. He saw our post up on the, the Facebook page. He said, what's this all about? And I chatted to him, and he uh, took some quotes down, made a you know um, a bit of a a little piece on it on what we're doing, and hopefully that will be in the echo tomorrow. Be great if it is. Um, so anyway, let's see what God will do amongst us as we go through this passage of scripture. Okay, let me firstly explain that we are a little bit out of sequence. Normally, you'd start at the beginning, but that would be far too simple. Um, because it would start with, um, blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, but in a couple of weeks time, Sally's going to be coming to speak to us and tell us about the work of CAP, Christians Against Poverty. And I just felt that poor in spirit actually fits much better with what Sally's going to be bringing. And so on that morning, I'm just going to bring a very brief, maybe four or five minute introduction, just looking at poor in spirit. And then I'm going to hand over to Sally, and Sally's going to be telling us all about the work of CAP. So that's in two weeks' time. So that means that to sort of switch that around, I'm having to start with blessed are the meek. Okay, so we're out of sequence, but I think we can handle that. Okay. And I also want to intertwine as, we, as, as I speak through blessed are the meek, I want to just talk about our vision and our hopes as a church in 2019. It's always good at the start of the year to just think ahead. As I said at the beginning, God doesn't work according to our calendars, but he understands that that's how we're made. And he understands that we're people that go through cycles. And um, so it's okay for us to think ahead about the year ahead. Okay, so let's read Matthew 5 verses 1 to 12. I'll read it from the screen just in case my wording is different. Okay, so now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. 
his disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, we see some things in that list that aren't particularly surprising. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. We'd kind of expect that, wouldn't we? If you're being merciful, if you're being a peacemaker, you're doing something good. You'd expect God to bless you or to feel blessed. But there's a few things there that are a bit surprising. I'm not so sure how blessed I would feel about being persecuted, about how blessed I would feel when I was mourning. And of course we know and we frequently say to others, oh, but it's not about what we feel, it's about what's true. Whether we feel it's true or not, we know that to be true. But I'm not sure how blessed I'd feel. But that's what Jesus says. And if Jesus says we're blessed, then we're blessed. Fact. Even if we don't feel it. Even if we don't feel blessed, we're blessed. Now, I'm looking at, as I've said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth if that's all right with the rest of you. Okay. Um, firstly, what's meant by meek? You know, in today's language, the word meek has quite a negative connotation, doesn't it? You know, you might say, oh, he's a bit meek, she's a bit meek, meaning maybe she's a bit timid or he's a bit nervous. It has that sort of connotation, doesn't it, in, in our language. Meek might mean someone who doesn't stand up for themselves. You know, oh, uh, she's too meek to be a leader. That's perhaps our understanding of the word meek. So when, when, the, when the scripture says, blessed are the meek, maybe we find it hard to understand it. But I don't think that's what Jesus intended. And in fact, Guy writes the following. Guy Miller, who, uh, you know, who started this off with us, he writes the following in his blog, which you can see online. If you want to go online, you'll find it. He says, meekness is the opposite of self, self at the center of every thought and action. Meekness is the opposite of self, self at the center of every thought and action. It is a humble, teachable spirit 
that seeks to obey Christ and his word. It is our hidden life. In other words, it's what's within. It's our hidden life, the roots of character and humility that find identity and meaning in Christ alone and that produce a lifestyle, produce outwardly. So inwardly, there's roots. Outwardly, it's producing a lifestyle of devotion and a steadfast refusal to be impressed with outward appearances. So perhaps a better word would be gentle or humble. Flourishing are those who are gentle, not pushy. Flourishing are those who are not puffed up. And blessed are those who don't think too highly of themselves. That they forget. Who don't think so highly of themselves that they forget to value others. You know, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Blessed are the meek. Blessed, flourishing are those who have a humble attitude and value others above themselves. Wow. It's a tall order, isn't it? Because it goes against what is our natural way of doing things. Naturally, we try to look after ourselves. Naturally, we try to look after number one. That's the way we've been pre-programmed since that high. So to do something different, it's a challenge, isn't it? But remember, in all of this Christian life, in all of it, it's never about us gritting our teeth and trying to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps into something. It's always about Jesus and what he does by his grace in us. So when we look at a challenge like that, don't think, oh, I've got to do it. I've got to somehow work it. I've got to. No, it's about Jesus. It's about resting in Jesus and letting Jesus work things out in us that we might be those who work in gentleness and humility in meekness. You know, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in us that gives us strength gives us the strength that we need to overcome our natural responses of self-promotion. Our natural response is self-promotion. But as the Holy Spirit works in us, he can change us. And instead, that we think more highly of others than ourselves. If you submit yourself to God, he's going to empower you and he's going to lift you up. You know, in this coming year ahead, We are praying for growth. We're praying for many to be saved, baptized, and added. On Wednesday, we met for our prayer meeting, and we had a look back at the previous year, last year. And over that, there were... Actually, I said 10, but I think it's actually 12. 12 people joined us over that period of time. Four couples came into membership. 
We took a party, including adults, of 19 to New Day, and one became a Christian. One youth became a Christian. We uh, took 30 to West Point last year. We had two people baptized. Um, we started up one new connect group in the last year. We've had things like Friendship Week in the last year, gatherings together, so many things. Obviously, against that, there have been difficulties. There's been bereavement. There's been cancers. There's been sicknesses. There's been struggles financially for some. There's been all sorts of things as well. But actually, there's been the faithfulness of God. You know, the vision... For this year, I just need to put my glasses on because I've written this down in pencil and it doesn't quite show up in the same way as the, as the ink does. Um, the vision for this year, and really for every year and for every church, this is, I, there is only really one vision. And the vision is to be a worshipping community, to be a loving community, to be a praying community, and to be a growing community. Worshipping, that's our primary calling, that would be a worshipping community, loving God above all else. A loving community. Jesus said, if you have love, for, by this all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. We want to be a loving community. We want to be a praying community. That's where the meekness comes in. Because when we pray, we are saying, God, we can't do this on our own. As much as we might try and grit our teeth, and do as much as we can. We're never going to do it without you. We're praying to you, Lord. It's showing our meekness. And of course, we want to be a growing community. We want to, be see, we want to see people saved, baptized, and added. We want to be growing. We want to be reaching out to people. What do we want to see happening in 2019? Those four things. To be worshipping, to be loving, to be praying, to be growing. It's the same. Every church. You know, we have, we have connect groups. I know it's hard to lose old language, but I, I, I really want us to grasp the fact we call them connect groups for a reason. Okay? It's very easy to think, oh, they're small groups, they're life groups, they're encounter, whatever we might want to call them. But I'm, I want to try and get us to focus on their connect groups because we connect with God vertically, we connect horizontally, with one another, and we connect with the world outwards. When we, when we gather, we're connecting. We're connecting with one another. We're connecting with God, and we're connecting with the world out there. That's what we want to do. We want the groups to, to be a vehicle by which people can find their way into friendship and relationship and finding Jesus. You know, every day... I asked the Lord to fulfill a word that was brought to us by a couple of people that we would, be, we would gather 200 people by the end of 2020. I keep coming back to it. Every day I pray that prayer. Lord, you said 200 by the end of 2020. Keep reminding him of it. Keep praying about it. Does that mean that we just sit back, arms folded, feet up, just waiting on God? To do it. You know, God's going to do it. No, every day I pray, Lord, make us an outward looking people, 
a seed-sowing people. Make us an outward-looking people. Not a come people, but a go people. Okay, it's okay. It's good. We've got a building. We want people to come into it. Um, and we'll talk a bit about that in a moment. But we want to be a people that go out there to talk to people, to see people, that meet with our friends and neighbours. You know, make us a people, Lord, that find many opportunities to pray for people as we talk with friends and colleagues and neighbours and people we meet. You know, it's, it's that we meet people and they say, oh, you know, we say, how are you doing? And they say, well, you know, it's a bit difficult at the moment. I've got this going on. And we say, can I pray for you? That's where the boldness comes in. Can I pray for you? And they say, okay. And we say, can I just take a few moments to tell you about how I came near to God? And we share with them. And then we say, would you like to meet up again? Can I tell you a bit more about Jesus? And I can pray for you again. Is there anybody else that you think would like to come along and hear this good news about Jesus? All the stuff that we were hearing about when we did the, the, the following uh, and fishing training back in September. And some of us are trying to do that on a Saturday, every other Saturday afternoon, just going out and meeting people, but also just in our lives. We're just praying that we'll, we'll have conversations with people. We'll find people that actually just chat to us and open up and we say, can we just pray with you? And they say, yeah, and we, we can pray with them and we can tell them about Jesus. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm asking the Lord for. By the way, on the 17th of May, it's a Saturday, we're doing following and fishing training again. So if you missed it the first time and would be interested in doing it the next time, we are repeating it on the 17th of May. Okay. So we want to be a people that are reaching out and sharing the good news, scattering seed. But it's all done with great gentleness and humility. It's not puffed up with a kind of know-it-all attitude, because actually, we don't know it all. You know, people are going through all sorts of things in their lives, and we don't know why. We don't know why people are struggling with the things that they struggle with. It'd be nice if we did, but we don't, and we sometimes have to admit that. I don't know, but I can pray for you. I will pray for you if you'll let me. It's good just to do that. We speak with gentleness and humility. If you like, bold to tell it, but meek in telling it. You know, we're going to be bold in telling this message to people, but we're going to be meek in telling it. In the way that we tell it, we will be meek. We will be gentle. You know, Peter tells us, he says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Do it with gentleness and respect. You know, my sincerest hope for this coming year is that I find ways to do that that is to give an answer to everyone who asks. So I find ways of doing that and that you also find ways of doing that and find opportunities to do that. May people be coming to you and saying, now tell me, why, you know, why do you go to church? Why are you a Christian? And that in gentleness and respect, we can tell them and give them an answer. So blessed 
are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Who'd like to receive an inheritance? Yeah? Do you ever have sort of fanciful dreams? You know, where, where a long-lost, distant relative, or rather, a long-lost, distant, very rich relative, you know, sadly passes away, and you're the only traceable relative in the family line, and, uh, you know, all of the inheritance comes to you. You ever think that? You know, we've just heard, you know, in the press, obviously, about a couple in Northern Ireland that just run, won the lottery and got 115 million. You think, wow, that's a life change, isn't it? That's, that's different. Things with a lottery, you've got to buy a ticket. But an inheritance, you don't have to do anything. There's no ticket to buy. If you're in line for an inheritance, then at the appointed time, you're going to get it. You don't have to do anything. It just comes to you. Sorry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're in line for an inheritance, then you get it. You know, we are those who have realized our dependency on Christ. If you know the Lord Jesus, you're amongst those who know and realize your dependency on Christ. You're, we are those who've given up on self-sufficiency. We are those who've expressed meekness and gentleness by submitting to Christ. We are those who will inherit the earth. That's a bit bigger than 115 million. There's no maybe about it. It's written there clearly. We have an inheritance in Christ, an inheritance in the kingdom of God that is to come but that even now breaks into our lives in the here and now. Even now, the inheritance breaks into our lives in the here and now. We don't have to work for it. It's an inheritance. It's coming to you at the appointed time. You know, here in WFC, in Weymouth Family Church, we've received prophetic words about winning a jackpot about dusty money bags sitting on shelves, waiting to have the dust blown off them and placed into our hands. And the context was specific. It wasn't airy-fairy. and No, it was your mortgage will be paid off quickly. You'll have money to do the things that you need to do. That was the context of those words. Two different people, two different times. One was part of the church, one of them wasn't part of the church. Every day I pray into this. I remind the Lord of his word to us and ask him to fulfill it every day. I pray. I hope many of you are praying in the same prayer. Jackpot, dusty money bags. Lord, pray it. You know, God said something. Let's engage with him in prayer in it. Okay, so blessed are the meek, flourishing are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You know, inherit the earth. That's everything, isn't it? What is there that isn't the earth? 
What more do you need? If the earth is yours, you've got it all, haven't you? We inherit it. Again, let me just quote something from Guy Miller. Guy said, the meek have an, in, have an eternal inheritance, both in a renewed earth and in the rewards in this life of bringing transformation. The meek have an eternal inheritance, both in a renewed earth and in the rewards in this life of bringing transformation. Now, we're in the process this year of getting this building ready. <clears throat> Please pray for us. Uh, there's a group of us tomorrow who are meeting to plan a way forward to see how this building can best be used and what it will cost to fix up. We won't have all the answers sewn up tomorrow. It's the start of a process. But please pray for us for wisdom as we think about what we can do and how we can use this building. You know, there are many whom God is placing on our hearts. There are so many people who inwardly long for the love of God and the love of a caring community and a caring family. They may not realize, actually, that that's what they're longing for. They may just realize there's something missing. That's maybe what they realize, but actually what they're missing is the love of God and the love of a family and the love of a community. And we want to be that community. We want to be that family. It will be made more possible, though, if we have a building that is usable, that's watertight, it isn't at the moment, that's warm, a bit better now we've got some uh, uh, yeah, you know, stuff up there in the roof, insulation in the roof, but you know, it's not, still not totally warm, is it? But it's all right. But it'd be better if it was really warm. Uh, if it was bright, with good facilities, we could do a whole lot more. You know, I have a vision of being a family to orphans and widows, as the Bible speaks of being a family to orphans and widows. They're really high on God's agenda. And, and who are the orphans and widows? I was talking about this at the prayer meeting. Well, you know, in today's culture, we have like we've got people who, who are children who are in care. They are quite like orphans. They're in care. Maybe they're not even in care in one home for a long period of time. Maybe they're moved from home to home and never really get included into a family. Or they come out of care. And we were watching um, we were watching the CAP documentary uh, last week. We'd, we'd recorded it. We'd not got to see it. And we saw it last week. And it was really, really good. Um, and and the, one of the guys there was saying he came out of care. And at the age of 17, they gave him a passport and a home and then left him to it. 17, 17-year-old, 17 just left to it, just left to his own devices. You've got a passport. You've got somewhere to live. Get on with it. You know, when I was 17, I still like having my mum and dad around. Yeah? And so we want to be... We want to be those sorts of those sorts of people, 
So, you know, people in care coming out of care unsupported, we want to provide a family to them. We want to provide the guidance and love to them that they don't have. You know, to those excluded from school, what tends to happen is people get excluded from school. Now, here in Weymouth, we've got the Compass. In Dorchester, they've got Dorchester Learning Centre. Um, but they don't generally give kids a full-time education. They might give them a morning here, an afternoon there. A lot of the time, they're just left to their own devices, wandering around, sometimes getting into trouble. Wouldn't it be great if we could have a base for those sorts of youngsters and bring them in and tell them, you may have been kicked, you may have been kicked out of school, but you're still valuable to us and you're still valuable to God. And just provide some safety, family to them. I know when I worked in a pupil referral unit, sometimes we were the family more than the family were. We were the ones, you know, they, they hated uh, school holiday time because they didn't have anyone looking after them. When they came to school, they had someone caring about them. Wouldn't it be great if we could do that? You know, those in prison, we've had prophetic words right from our very beginning about prisons. People coming out of prison, unsupported. We can offer guidance, discipleship, love, a place to come and receive help. The old and the isolated you know, we hear so much of the elderly being stuck in their home, not seeing anybody, not talking to anybody, day after day, week after week. Wouldn't it be great if we were a place where they could come and find friendship and find life? Single parents, you know, struggling with children. Wouldn't it be great if we could provide a place where they could come and bring their children to play safely and help them in their parenting. And not just single parents, of course. Uh, there, are many, there are many parents with partners, and the partner maybe goes off to work, and, and, and the one parent is left at home, feeling very isolated with a small child. There's all sorts of things. The, lift, the list could go on. A place where people can come and find the love of God and the love of a family. Ultimately, of course, to see people saved, baptized, and added. Added to a family, added to God's family, included in his inheritance. Now, is this your vision? Is this your desire? That we as a, we as a church could be that family, we as a church could be that community, that this building could be that resource. Is that your vision? Then, then please do pray for these things. Do pray for this vision. You know, prayer shows meekness. Prayer shows dependency on God. If you do these things, you will be flourishing. The Bible says you will be flourishing if you do these things. If you don't know Jesus, and if you're thinking that what I'm talking about makes no sense to you, you're not where I'm talking about, then all I would say is you can know Jesus. Quite simply, by receiving him into your life, and by praying a prayer of repentance. By that I mean that you turn from a life centered on yourself, and you turn to Christ, in order for him to give you a life centered on him. You turn from a life centered on yourself, to a life centered on Christ. And this is the essence of meekness. 
That's what meekness is all about. Turning from self, turning to Christ. I'm not going to actually make an appeal. I was thinking of it, but I'm not going to. But not with the time as it is. If the musicians want to come up, if you want to just uh, finish with a, a, a finishing song. But if anyone wants prayer about any of these things, <clears throat> if anyone is struggling, because as I say, when we come in prayer, we are demonstrating meekness. When we, when we are saying, actually, I can't do this on my own, God. I need you. I need your help. That's when we are demonstrating meekness. And God said, you'll be flourishing. Flourishing are the meek. Flourishing are the gentle. Flourishing are the humble. So if you've got anything you want praying about, then please, you can see me or you can see others. It doesn't have to be me. But you can get prayed for. Ask to be prayed for. Please, please, please ask to be prayed for. In the next few weeks, we're going to be continuing with this series on the flourishing life. We will be hearing um, all the things that Jesus says about what we need to be, how we can be in order to be flourishing. And if you've got friends and neighbors that you think actually they benefit from hearing this, they're going through a difficult time, I think it would do them good. Then see what happens, invite them and see what happens. Okay? Father, I just finish in prayer and say, Lord, bless us. Lord, we're going to just continue to bring worship to you in our hearts and with our voices. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.